Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. Thanks for tuning in. A lot to discuss this week, but it's a sad day. It's an end of an era as today is the last time that I will ever record my podcast from this particular home office. Your girl's moving. I am up to my eyeballs in boxes, boxes of shoes, boxes of spoons, boxes of Christmas ornaments. I never knew that I was a hoarder until this past week, Um, but I am. And you know, I'm just learning to admit it. I'm learning to live with it and I'm packing my life away. Um, It's not been very fun, as you can imagine. Moving sucks, but I'm excited. It's a new chapter. I'm going to be a house girly. Of course, we are renting because the market is atrocious, but it's still going to be really exciting. It's just bittersweet. You know, I feel like the podcast really grew in this home office of all my virtual interviews, my purple couch. So yeah, it's just, it is sad, but I'm excited. I'm going to miss my retirement home. I mean, I feel like if I lived in any other apartment, it would be loud and chaotic, especially while recording. But here, no, everybody is chilling. I'm going to miss my 92-year-old Italian landlord, Cleto, who built this place with his bare hands. He brings me tomatoes and lettuce every single Thursday from his garden. I'm going to miss my upstairs neighbor, Arsenio, who is also in his 90s and also from Italy. You know, those are my boys. I'm going to miss my boys. But you know, this is growing up. I feel like I am very stressed. You know, not only am I moving, I have to furnish the place. And rugs. Why are rugs $300? I need about 12 new rugs. So, I mean, subscribe to the Patreon because your girl's going to need some financial assistance within the next couple of weeks to get myself some nice rugs. I've only bought one for my bedroom so far, but you know what? It is what it is. So, thankfully, All of the uh, podcast studio is already over there in the new house. And I don't know if I already told you this or not, but I'm going to tell you again. You're looking at this house and we were back and forth. Um, It was three bedrooms and David and I both need a home office. We walk into the third bedroom and I see an MPT purple wall. And I was like, that's it. That's it. We're done. We're moving in. It's meant to be. It's the Lord's will. Let's get it popping. So March 1st is going to be the first day in the new house. So send me your T's and P's that I'll get through moving without wanting to like murder any one of my family members um, or breaking anything that is significantly expensive. So, okay, let's get into it. The pop three, the biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. Let's start with Kyle Richards and people thinking, speculating that she leaked her own separation to People Magazine. So 
Last week was the Beverly Hills finale. This week was the reunion. And people are just honestly, honestly annoyed. They're annoyed with Kyle. They're annoyed with Morgan. They're annoyed with Mauricio because we're getting so many different sides of the story. If you sit down and watch the finale of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you see Kyle portray one narrative. And then we get the Buying Beverly Hills trailer where Mauricio is sitting down with his daughter saying this was Kyle's idea. She said we can date whoever we want. I'm not supposed to ask her questions. And it's like 10 times the amount of stuff that we got the whole entire season of Beverly Hills. And then Kyle goes on Watch What Happens Live and she's like, no, that's not true. So it's like, what is going on? But Here's why some fans think that Kyle Richards was actually the one to leak her own separation. So there's an Instagram account called Face Reality 16. And back in June, they did this deep dive about Kyle and Morgan in real time. Now, this was before the separation article came out. It was legit. I mean, it was like 300 slides long. And you have to remember, this is when nobody knew really, who Morgan Wade was. Like, no offense. Um, But they didn't. And they didn't know her relation to Kyle Richards. Um, So what's interesting is since then, Face Reality 16 has come out and said that both Kyle and Morgan watched the whole entire deep dive on June 30th. Now, it was just an Instagram story. So it was up for 24 hours and then it was gone. It wasn't a highlight reel. But they were watching it. And what is it? Three days later, the People Magazine article came out. So it just set off some alarm bells for fans. Like, did Kyle see that deep dive and think, okay, the cat is getting out of the bag. I need to control the narrative, which she's doing again with Dorit, which we'll get into in a second. But According to this Instagram page, Kyle used the same language in the finale that the source used in the People Magazine article. Like, we're living under the same roof. I mean, those are things that might be typical to say in a situation like this. But something else they pointed out, which I also find very interesting, is that in the People article, it never says, we reached out to Kyle's camp. And didn't hear back. Or we reached out to Mauricio's camp and didn't hear back. And don't you think a major publication would reach out to the camp for comments unless they didn't need to because it came from one of the camps, right? And even on Watch What Happens Live, Kyle, and he asked Kyle, like, what, um, where do you think this came from? And she's like, I don't know. Like we have speculation and it could be like a friend of a friend of a friend. There is no way that People Magazine is going to run an article where the source is a friend of a friend of a friend without checking with the original sources. There's just no way. They're they're a major reputable news publication. So the red flags are flying all over the field. I think that Kyle has been getting caught in a lot of lies lately. Or maybe maybe not even lies as much as it's like um, narratives, right? Specific narratives. So another like viral moment, like I said, was Mauricio in the Buying Beverly Hills trailer where he's talking about how Kyle initiated the separation and how they're allowed to date and he's not to ask questions and she's not going to ask questions. And then she goes on Watch What Happens Live and is like, well, that's not true. 
And it's like, well, what is? Because you haven't told us a daggone thing. So now we have the situation with Dorit. We saw it in a preview for the reunion where we know that Dorit and Kyle have been on the outs. Um, a little bit on the show, you know, we see Dorit in the van say to Kyle, like, do I have to get your initial tattooed for you to answer my texts? But it really played out after the season on all of Kyle's Amazon lives because that's where she likes to spill the tea, I guess, where she said that Dorit exaggerated their friendship, that they weren't going on all these trips together, basically saying they weren't as close as Dorit made it out to be. Um, Dorit was upset about that. And she was telling Erica about this very long text that Kyle sent to Dorit. Now, Bravo super fans were pinching and zooming. They were freeze framing. And now we know what the entire text message says. Something along the lines of, you know, Dorit, our rift didn't happen on the show. I don't want to lose another friend to the show, referencing LVP. I would really appreciate it if you did not bring our strained relationship up today and we can talk about it tomorrow. And Dorit is like, that feels very manipulative to me. Um, and yeah, I mean... She is, I think Kyle in that, in that situation is trying to manipulate Dorit. She doesn't want to make the situation seem worse than it already is. You know, she doesn't want to have to explain more than she already has to. And I'm with Dorit, like it's the reunion, you know, she says. So I have no idea. What do I think now? I think that her and Morgan are probably together. And I think whenever they do announce it, fans are not going to be happy because of how much Kyle has gaslit the audience. I mean, Kyle has made all of us think that we were psychotic for even asking questions, like for even saying, like, why are you spending all this time together? And she's like, oh, no, the media, the media, the media. But it's just, it's truly so annoying. But hopefully, we're at the beginning of the end with that one. Uh, let's move on to headline number two. Leah McSweeney is suing Bravo and Andy Cohen and the production company, uh, Shed Media, claiming that they intentionally preyed on her alcohol problem in a cynical attempt to turn her suffering into record ratings. So while I was going through all of these articles, I saw that, you know, the Hurricane Leah episode where she like runs around naked and is throwing tiki torches was, according to this, the second highest, um, the second highest Roni episode when it comes to ratings, the first one being Scary Island, where something similar, I mean, not similar because they're totally different situations, but, you know, we all know what happened on Scary Island. You know, somebody had a meltdown. In Hurricane Leah, Leah had a meltdown. So this lawsuit was filed on Tuesday saying that the show won its best audience figures ever with an infamous episode known as Scary Island, in which one of its stars... Okay, I already said that. Sorry. Um, McSweeney's lawyers claim in the court papers that knowing she was battling alcohol addiction when she joined the show and had a history of serious mental health problems, they saw her vulnerable condition as an opportunity to hit the ratings jackpot again by messing with her head until she went off the rails in a similar way. So what she is saying, what this court document is saying, is that they hired her because she was an alcoholic, because they saw an opportunity to 
use her addiction to get show ratings. This to me sounds like she's saying the whole thing was orchestrated from day one, that they saw Leah, that she was open about her addiction issues, that they said, let's create Scary Island, which I think is a huge leap in logic. I mean, to have somebody sit in an interview chair and think, oh, we could recreate another cast meltdown with this girl, I think might be a bit of a stretch. Um, but it According to her, it paints the picture that producers were desperate to get her to drink from coaxing to coercion to refusing her time in her schedule to go to AA to retaliating against her for refusing to drink. So when she refused to drink, they simply tried other ways to mentally destabilize her in hopes of getting the on-camera meltdown they wanted so badly. I'm paraphrasing the court docs now. Her lawyer claims that the network breached her rights by failing to allow her to seek proper care for her alcohol addiction, even though executives were aware of the problem. She's seeking unspecified damages. So another long story short, she's saying that while filming Roni, producers in the cast knew that she was sober, knew that she was trying to maintain her sobriety, but producers supplied her and everyone with unlimited free alcohol and encouraged them to drink. I mean, the first question that everybody is asking when it comes to this is, why go back to a show? You know, she did two seasons of New York and she did an ultimate girls trip sometime later. So it's like... You know, she says in here, when it comes to season two, she did she did season two because she felt she could make her experience better. Um, but when it comes to the Real Housewives of Ultimate or the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, that's kind of different. So it says she feared that her sobriety would cause a trickle down effect where if she continued not to drink, Cohen, the producers and the audience would think she was boring and Cohen would no longer want her on the show. So this is what she wrote on Instagram. There's something wonderful about the concept of reality TV that millions of people you've never met can laugh with you, cry with you, empathize with you and root for you. But the reckless and diabolical way in which people at the top drool over the mishaps and misfortunes of women, including myself, are disturbing. The lawsuit further alleges that Andy does cocaine with his favorite housewives and doles out special professional favors to them. A rep for Andy told page six, the claims against Andy are completely false. So Leah says in her Instagram post, she continued by saying, uh, the shows we all love are run by people who create a dangerous work environment, encourage substance abuse to artificially create drama and cynically prey on the vulnerabilities of their employees. It's a workplace culture where toxicity, alcoholism and pain are not only expected, but encouraged and facilitated. Okay. So that's a lot. I know there's a lot of things that we're all thinking. You know, the first thing, why would she come back to an ultimate girls trip? The second thing is there are tons of Bravo celebrities in the Bravo sphere that are sober. Candy Burris, Carl Radke, Lala Kent. Um, so her claim, you know, that they facilitated these toxic environments, it's like, well, you had that problem, but not everybody that is sober on these shows have those problems. So is there any level of personal accountability that you're going to take? And it doesn't seem like that is the case as of right now. The only thing to consider is that all of these shows do have different production companies. So the experience very much so could have been different uh, depending on what production company you were working with. 
For example, um, Roni is produced by Shed Media. Summer House is produced by Truly. Uh, Vanderpump Rules is produced by Evolution. And The Real Housewives of Atlanta is um, produced by True Entertainment. The interesting thing is that Shed also does The Ultimate Girls Trip. So she has had the same experience with only Shed Media. I don't know if they produce any other Bravo shows besides Roni and The Ultimate Girls Trip. Um, But yeah, I mean, I feel like we kind of were expecting this. You know, Leah teamed up with Bethany for the reality reckoning. I just don't necessarily know how much weight it's going to have in court. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not smart enough to be a lawyer. Um... But you know, it's like they weren't funneling things down her throat. So it's like, I don't know. Also, um, I just want to remind you, and I'm not like saying that she's trying to do this again, but I do think that it is interesting. Don't forget that Leah sued, I believe it was the NYPD back in the day, and she used the money to start her business. So she's definitely not new to the lawsuit game. Okay, we'll put it that way. Last but today's podcast sponsor is OneSkin. And if you have sensitive skin, listen up. We got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements. Free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated, all the stuff we hate, their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show, support your girl, tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. Certainly not least in this week's pop three, Kristen Cavallari is dating again, a hard launch, and he is 24 years old. Their Instagram official, she revealed her new relationship. His name is Mark Estes on Instagram. It was a photo of the two of them smiling in Los Cabos, Mexico. Nobody loves Mexico as much as Kristen Cavallari. Does the woman vacation anywhere else? She has been vacationing somewhere in Mexico since she was 18 years old, yelling at Steven. Girl, she loves a Mexico trip. So the caption says, he makes me happy with a heart. Um, And yeah, everyone's talking about the age gap. I mean, somebody posted in the, you guys, the comment section is truly wild. Someone said she's finally posting pics of her kids. (laughs) You guys, that's messed up. Okay. Anyways, he's 24. She's 37. He posted something of them on TikTok, like kissing and stuff. So it's legit. Like they're together. I'm not mad. I'm honestly not mad about it. He's of age. He's 24. It's a 13-year age gap. I think anytime we see this big of age gaps, you just have to wonder, like, what do they have in common? Um, Like, you know, Nick Vial and Natalie, they have an 18-year age gap. And I don't know why, but why does five years make it feel so much bigger? Maybe because it's closer to 20 and hers is closer to 10. I don't know. So 
it is what it is. If they're in love, they're in love. I think she deserves love. You know, after her divorce from Jay Cutler, who still blocked me on Instagram, by the way, he's, I think he's the only celebrity that's blocked me. He blocked me when I was talking about Kristen and Craig a long time ago. Um, he's a little baby. I'm just going to say that Jay Cutler loser. Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah, it's fine. 13 years, whatever. I don't know if they're like end game, but good for her. Okay. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Let's move on to the deep dive. Every single week on the Instagram, I open up the deep dive submissions to you. What do you want to talk more in depth about this week? It's from Laura. Hey, Morgan. It's Laura from New York City. My deep dive submission is for all of these love is blind scandals. How many of them were in relationships before the show? And are we really going to have to endure another season of Bartise? I really enjoy hearing all of your takes on celebrity news and gossip, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. Thanks. Laura from NYC. No, no, Bartise, honey. We're not putting that out into the universe. I don't even want to say the name. We're just not doing it. Um, the Love is Blind scandals. There are always are Love is Blind scandals coming out of the woodwork whenever these shows start to air, right? But there are three this time. Three Love is Blind scandals that have to do with um, some of the men that got a lot of screen time. Some of them are true. Some of them are false. Some of them are unconfirmed. So we're just going to go ahead and dig into each of them, starting with rumor number one, and that is that Trevor had a secret girlfriend during the Love is Blind filming. Not Trevor. Not our beloved Trevor. I mean, the way the people rode for Trevor, he's just this big teddy bear. We were also sad when he was tapping his love bracelet and Chelsea didn't even have hers on. And then it comes out that he maybe had a girlfriend the entire time. So it's now supposedly his ex-girlfriend because we got all these released text messages and he ended up breaking up with this girl on text message. Another red flag. Who's doing that? Who's doing that in 2024? But anyways, so this woman is a North Carolina-based bodybuilder. Her name is Natalia Marrero, and she contacted two reality bloggers to show the text. So here's what the text said, the alleged text of Trevor speaking very lovingly to Natalia saying he's going to marry her, you know, even while discussing his intention on going with the show, he like references what happened in the show, you know, the, the dog collar from his late dog, Chelsea, that he gave to Chelsea Blackwell during one of their pod dates. Um, and then his breakup with her when she got engaged to Jimmy. 
So at the end of the text exchange, he breaks up with her and that's in early February of 2024. That was right before the season started airing. Obviously, it's still February of 2024 after ghosting her for a week. So Trevor has yet to comment publicly on the rumors and he nor Natalia have responded to any requests. This was specifically from Business Insider. Um, So we'll see. Is Trevor going to show up to the reunion? let the chips fall where they may. Maybe. I think that will be the tell-all. I think if he goes, he is, he will be vindicated. I think if he hides, then that means that he has something to hide. So that one, we still have question marks all over. Okay. Here was the next one that Jeremy was engaged right before Love is Blind. This is true. So this all started um, when a woman using the name Jenny Daniel posted in a Love is Blind season six Facebook fan group um, saying someone was engaged in living with someone when applying for this alongside a photo of Jeremy with a woman and a child whose face was edited, obviously for privacy reasons. So a commenter asked, where did you find this photo? And this person replied, in my phone, that's my daughter and grandson. So this girl is a hairdresser named Brittany McLiverty. Um, and she also was commenting all up in Laura's post, you know, Laura, who is engaged to Jeremy on the show. The comment said, did he ever tell you about his ex-fiance from right before you? Surely not. Or the house we sold a week or two before he filmed the show. Just want all the info out there. You and Sarah Ann should know. I'm happy to share proof. So then Jeremy responded on his social media in an Instagram video saying that this relationship had ended a number of weeks before Love is Blind, before the casting process, and that he did not um, apply for the show that a producer slid into DMs, which is actually way more common than you guys might think. Um, I feel like a lot of people that I talk to don't actually apply. Um, they get kind of headhunted. I know Michael A was that way. Jeremy says he was that way. Um, but according to the deal with the house, he says his house had sold right before filming. It had been listed since October or November of 2022. So he also says, look, this was not a secret. Everybody knew that I was engaged before the show. It was talked about at length in the pods. You guys just didn't see it because they edited it out for whatever reason. In the post, he shared a screenshot of a conversation with a casting director that started on November 30th of 2022. So the timelines are adding up. So I posted the video of Jeremy explaining his side of the story and I got a DM. Who did I get a DM from? Laura. From our girl, Laura. And she said, holds back comment for now. So I think it's safe to say that she isn't 100% buying the story that Jeremy is trying to sell. I think especially after catching him in that huge lie um, in episode nine, where he thought he was being like, the good fiance. Oh, my location, my location. And she's like, yeah, I saw your location. Yeah. I was going to say a dipweed, but I don't think a dipweed is a thing. But honestly, like, I feel like Jeremy could be a dipweed, even though I don't know what that is. Um, She's like, yeah, I saw it. You were at Sarah Ann. So obviously that kind of ended on a cliffhanger. So Also red flags all over the field. I just don't think that Jeremy is a very truthful person. I think that he likes to spin narratives to make himself, you know, look 
better than he actually is. So last but certainly not least, we have a debunked rumor that Jimmy had a girlfriend during Love is Blind filming. So some girl got on TikTok and she was sitting down and she was like, imagine my surprise when I turn on the new season of Love is Blind this morning and I see my boyfriend, you know, like previous or not previous, like current tense, right? She says, obviously, I'm not going to tell you who it, who it is. He's the love of my life. And then he goes on or she goes on to talk about how her boyfriend is talking in the pause to someone who has a child. So obviously, we know that it's Jimmy because Jessica is the only person we saw that was talking about having a child. So Jimmy responded and said, I don't know this woman. I've never met this woman. It's not true. I got to give it to her. It's an incredible marketing ploy. She's getting so many clicks and making so much money off my name. It's insane. I guess it's supposed to be satire. No, we're not doing this anymore. We have to be done with this trend. It is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. The people are actually getting online and pretending to be Jimmy's girlfriend like that. So do you know how naive people are? They believe anything and everything that they see online. And this like potentially ruins somebody's character. Somebody else did this, the corporate Natalie situation. Do you remember the corporate Natalie situation where they were doing a podcast and she was talking about how one of her employees, it was like, it was, I, I don't know if it was a fake script or if somebody had sent the scenario into them and they were reading it back, but they were talking about how this employee had an 8am workout class and the employer was like, well, sorry, you have to be in this 8am meeting. Then this guy gets on TikTok and he's like, I was the one who had the workout class. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. And people were dragging corporate Natalie through the streets just because these two dipweeds want to go viral. It's honestly so infuriating. But anywho, there you have it. There's the scandals. Who knows if any more will come out now that we have new episodes. TBD. Last Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Last but certainly not least, I have to give you guys the tea on the Summer House premiere and the premiere party. This is going to be a condensed conversation. I went into a lot more detail about the Summer House premiere party on Patreon, more specifics about certain conversations that I had with each cast member. We don't have the time today, but you can still hear it there. So if you want to subscribe, it's the extra pop tier and the link is in the show notes. Um, but anyways, yeah, so NYC, it was Fast and Furious, baby, the hustle and bustle of the city. Can I tell you, I hate New York. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're listening and you're from New York, I love you. I hate New York. I go at a different pace. I'm not that quick. You know, I can't be running everywhere I go. And I feel like everybody in New York, that's all they do is they run. I'm not about it. I'm not about it. But the premiere party was fun. It was good vibes. It was also weird vibes. Um, I don't really know how to explain it. I think a little bit of it is imposter syndrome. I feel like a little bit is um, 
um, like my self-confidence in rooms like that is not the highest. I am a lover by heart. So I feel like half the room hates me because I comment on the show. Um, you guys know I, I'm, I never try to be malicious in any opinion that I have, but certainly some people don't like it and they don't because one of the cast members told me that they didn't like it at this party. So, um, anywho, it was it was still fun though. So I also just have to remind myself that not everybody has my personality type. You know, no matter who I meet, I'm always like, "Hi, how are you? Let's hug." You know, and not everybody is like that. So when people don't greet me like that, sometimes I'm like, "Oh god, they don't like me." Someone like Kyle Cook, for example, who you would expect that, you know, because everything we see from Kyle on TV is larger than life. And he's got this infectious personality and, you know, he seems fun. But honestly, the three times that I have talked to Kyle face to face, he hasn't been like that. And that's not to say that it's a bad thing. It's just not what I expect from Kyle. So then I start to think like, is it a me thing? But no, you know, Kyle, I said, hello. He gave me a hug. He was like, I I keep forgetting that you're based in New York. I'm like, I'm not based in New York, but you know, he was the first person that I saw. I also saw um, Jordan from Winter House and Summer House Martha's Vineyard, a doll. You guys, I love her. I met her at BravoCon um, briefly. And I was just telling her because I really enjoyed Summer House Martha's Vineyard. And I was just telling her it's really hard to break through. Like, especially season one, it's really not easy to get people to like your show and to watch your show. And I really enjoyed it. So I was telling her about that. And then when I saw her at the premiere, we were just talking about the differences between Winter House and um, Martha's Vineyard and why one worked and one necessarily didn't work. Um, But we're glad that she's back. And if you haven't watched Martha's Vineyard, you need to do that. I spent the most time with Gabby and Lindsay, um, and they're great. Gabby is great. It's the first time I got to talk to her in person. Lindsay is good. You know, she's super focused on her career. The Nashville house, she is dating. So, you know, she's fast and furious. She is the New York City life, honey. She doesn't wait around for anybody. So she's in a good headspace. Carl um, is also good. I think he's just ready for this season to be behind him. I think Lindsay is too. I will say, you know, there's a big difference between the actions of Carl and the actions of Lindsay post breakup. And let's just say that Carl has been paying attention to what is being said and what isn't being said. And I'm not here to say that one is the right way to go about things and one is the wrong way. Um, But I think it is just very clear that they've gone down different healing journeys. You know, Lindsay's done a lot of press and a lot of interviews and just talking through things. Carl has been relatively quiet. Um, I think Carl probably wants the show to speak for itself. And then after we see everything, then we can make our um, decisions on, you know, what went down between the two of them. Um, yeah, Danielle and I had a weird conversation. I don't think she'll ever be a fan of MPT and we're just going to leave it at that. Um, I talk more about that in the Patreon. If I had to give you one takeaway from being at the summer house premiere party, it is that West Wilson really is that guy. 
He is an absolute delight. He is a little ray of sunshine. And I actually wasn't able to watch the premiere at the party because there was music and whatever. But I got on social media afterwards and I saw that everyone was loving West. And I can say he is exactly the same in person as he appeared in the season premiere. He's charming. He's so welcoming. He is so fun. Honestly, being able to meet West and spend some time with him and his friends was one of the highlights of my night to be at the premiere. Um, And so what we're not going to do at any point in the season, we're not going to flip the switch on this man. We desperately need some newbies to stay in the summer house mix. We're so tired of getting these one hit wonders, if you want to call them that, or even like two seasons, the guys, they just never seem to be able to stick. But we want West to stick. So let's keep rooting for him. And what about him and Sierra? Did I see them together at the party? No, not really. Which, you know, we're starting to see them in the first episode. You know, they have a little spark, a little romantic connection. You know, Kyle says Sierra doesn't really open up to people. So the fact that she's cooking in the kitchen with West on night one is a big deal. So I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't want to say they avoided each other because I wasn't watching them like a hawk. But what I will say is that if you expect two people to be a couple, um, I would assume that they would be spending more time with each other than I saw Sierra and West spend time. I didn't see them spend any time together. They could have had a couple conversations here and there, but they definitely weren't like hanging out together throughout the night. So we'll see. People were also asking me about the vibe between Kyle and Amanda, obviously, because in episode one, we see they're having some troubles in their relationship. I mean, once the party was rolling, Kyle was Kyle, you know, giving toasts behind the DJ booth and like just being the life of the party. Um, Amanda was always close by. So there didn't seem like there was any tension at all. But like, like I said, I wasn't sitting there analyzing every move between Kyle and Amanda, but it seems like everybody was in good vibes. Um, Jesse Solomon was there. I also got to spend some time with him. He's also very nice, smiling from ear to ear, just having a good time. I think he he had a lot of lover boys. So you love to see it. All in all, it was a really good experience. Um, I'm glad that I was able to go. And like I said, if you want to hear, it's a deep dive. It's a 20-minute deep dive about the premiere party. It is in the Patreon link below. Um, Other than that, say goodbye. Goodbye to my studio. I'll see you never again. The next MPT is coming to you from the new house. So pop a batch. Bachelor recap comes out on Friday on the Patreon. So make sure you're subscribed there too. If not, I'll see you next week. And as always, I love you. Like a sis. A Huda Media Production.